0: Welcome to today's Church Central podcast. We're a family of churches across Birmingham. To find out more, head to churchcentral.org.uk. This is the final gathering for us all together before our community changes form quite significantly remember next Sunday we are gathering at church Central West if you remember and that is West's last Sunday as a church community and the dust will settle in different places as the weeks and months go on but from what we can tell and conversations we're having almost all all of Church Central West are planning, at least initially, to come and make our community their community. And so that's 30, 40 adults, a whole bunch of kids as well. And so today is really a final moment before a new beginning, another new beginning. I feel like we've said that quite a bit as we're like, we can like come to the building in masks but not talk to each other. New beginning! And we can like watch an online meeting, but with four of us in a house, as long as we don't talk. New beginning. We've got another new beginning moment. And in light of this, I wanted to do things slightly differently today. Uh, I'm not going to teach out of one Bible passage really slowly and carefully and meticulously like we normally would. Rather, I am going to try and stir us up on one big Bible theme from a whole range of moments in the Bible, a theme that I think God would want to re envision us for and reawaken in us at this moment. I want to today try my best to re win you to the beauty and power of generosity. Generosity. And by the end, I will have taken that big theme and I will have landed it very specifically into three areas that you can do practical things you can grow in as a disciple of Jesus in this community. But for most of this, I really just want to stir us up again in this area. I want to be, if you like, this morning, a little bit like the angel at the pool of Siloam, if you know that weird bit in the Gospels. I know I'm comparing myself to an angel. I know that's not very good. But angel just means messenger, so it's actually fine. Okay. Um, But do you remember that story in the Gospels where tradition held it that this pool would every now and again be come and visited by an angel who would stir up the water and the water would bubble up and like rise up and it would be going around and stirred up. And it was said that at that moment, if people got into the water, then their various ailments and sicknesses and aches and pains would be healed and they would find wholeness and fullness and life. Now, Whatever you make of that story, the angel isn't doing anything special the angel isn't creating a new pool the angel's not bringing new water really it's the same old water that those people had seen before they'd looked at before they'd known before many of them had spent many a day swimming around in that water before but then that water would stagnate and it would go a little bit stale and still and the leaves would start to crust over it and really it would need stirring up afresh in the middle of the community so that people could jump in again and find wholeness again and I want to do that on the theme of generosity in this church this morning I have nothing new to pour into you I have no new things to say you will have heard all of this a million times you have even swam in this for decades some of you but maybe it can go static and it can stagnate and it can crust over a bit. And so I'm not going to meticulously teach you today. Sorry, I'm not going to walk through a passage really carefully. I'm going to chaotically and haphazardly thrash around a bit and cause a bit of a scene where it's nice to see the splash zone has cleared out. Uh, and hopefully where we maybe have stagnated and maybe where we can go a little bit still and stale, maybe we can get stirred up afresh. And some of you might jump in again to generosity and in so doing find healing from small heartedness and no liberation. So let's dive in. What is generosity? Well, I looked it up because I didn't know and I needed to speak on it for quite a while. So I looked it up and I found this brilliant definition online that I want us to meditate on just for a moment. Uh, It said this, that generosity is freely giving or sharing money and other valuable things. Freely giving or sharing money and other valuable things. I love that definition. I love that it highlights that it's freely given. True generosity, all generosity, if it is to be generosity rather than you just getting stuff nicked off you, has to be freely given. It has to well up in you. It has to be yours to do. It can't be commanded out of you. It can't be put on you as a rule. It's free and chosen and willing and eager. And so I'm not dragging anyone kicking and screaming into the water today. I'm stirring up the water and I'm saying, do you want to come in? And you can jump in, you can stand out, you can put your toe in and shiver. You can step into the steps and stay in the shallow end for a bit whilst you acclimatise because you thought it was going to be cold but actually it's okay. And then in a few years you swim out a little bit more. You can do whatever you want but it's got to come from what God's doing in you. And I love that definition because it acknowledges that generosity is broader than money. It's not less than money, it's not less than how we treat our money, it's got to reach to our money, but it's so much more than that. It's deeper than that, and it's more wide-reaching than that. It touches, as the definition says, our other valuable things, like our words, and our hearts, and our welcome, and our time, and our evenings, and our prayers, and our honesty, and our trust, and all the other things that we hold that. value then trying to get a little bit deeper I looked it up some more and I found some synonyms and uh, to give you a synonym for synonym that means other words that mean roughly the same thing and I found three incredible visual words that I think get into the heart of it to be generous is to be free-hearted isn't that a beautiful picture that it's not being dragged kicking and screaming It's that we find liberation. Open-handed, not tight-fisted, open-handed. Bountiful, I love those words. Don't you want to be like that? But as good as those definitions are and those synonyms are, Do you know what? What grabs me and wins me and stirs me and wins me back to generosity is not when we define it carefully, but when I witness it or I experience it or someone embodies it near me or I get to taste and see it. And so what I'm going to do for infuriatingly long amounts of time now is stir us up by going to dozens of scenes and sights and smells in scripture that drip with generosity, so that we don't just understand it, but we sense it, and we get into the water of it. So what's generosity? I'm going to be generous with how many of these there are, so pace yourself. Generosity is the eternal God, Father, Son, and Spirit, enjoying total fullness of love, intimacy, affirmation, mutual, other-person-centered delight, and yet, despite having no lack total fullness, being entirely content... They refuse to hog that situation to themselves and instead decide to open up and spill out and create a universe and fill it with billions and billions of people who can then be drawn in to know that same love that they've always enjoyed. And now as you are in the Son, by the Spirit, loved by the Father, we share in that love because they were open-hearted and free-hearted and bountiful That is generosity. What's generosity? It's that God refusing to do what I do, which is create a grey, robotic, functional creation that gets us through, that merely allows us to exist. Rather, he spills out in outlandish, vibrant, superabundant, diverse creativity, creativity, filling the world with all sorts of colours and smells and sounds and textures and materials and birds and fish and trees and plants with new ones for us to discover and enjoy even to this day. What's generosity? It's that God getting rejected by humanity. And yet in the story of that kind of prototype rejection of God that we all replay so often, he comes down, he doesn't turn his back But he comes down and moves towards a people hiding in shame. And he lovingly and longingly calls to them, where are you? And he gifts them clothing that he's made himself so that they can be covered in their shame. And he says here, even in your rejection of me, I'm wanting to lavish my provision on you and cover your shame. Generosity is Joseph sold into slavery, cast into a pit by his stupid brothers And yet rising to power and using his power decades later, not to smite, but to pour on his same brothers, it says, the best of Egypt. That's generosity. Generosity is Israel deliberately leaving the outer sections of their fields unreaped so that those trapped in poverty could be provided not only with food to eat, but also with the dignity of being part of the reaping process. We're about a tenth of the way through. What's generosity? Generosity is the call of God's people throughout the centuries to welcome the foreigner among you. Remembering that you yourselves were once foreigners. Don't you dare close your hearts. Open them up. Generosity is the year of jubilee where social action, which is good, gave way to social justice, which is better, that brought about not just charity but equality in the community. Generosity is Ruth saying to her mother-in-law, I'm coming with you. Where you go, I'll go. Where you live, I'll live. Where you're buried, I'll be buried. I'm clinging to you though you have nothing to offer me. And your God will be my God and your people will be my people and I'm yours. Generosity is the declarations through the prophet Isaiah that it's too small a thing for God's people to be one nation. It's too small a thing. And I'm going to make you a light to the Gentiles, to the nations, so that everyone can get in on this love. Generosity is the eternal Son of God becoming a little embryonic human being in a womb. He became one of us so that we could become children of God like he is. Generosity is earth shaking ethics like, do what to my enemy? Love my enemy. Forgive more than once, twice, three times, seven times. No, 70 times, seven times. Love your neighbor as yourself. Generosity is the model exemplary giver in the Bible after God, who is the woman who puts in two coins and is held up as an example for us because it's never about the amount, it's about the heart. Generosity at the other end of the spectrum is Mary of Bethany taking the tradition of dabbing a little sort of, kind of drop of oil on the head of the guest of honour at the meal and instead bringing her jar of £40,000 worth of perfume and smashing the jar and pouring it over Jesus' head and feet and body and all the disciples saying, what an embarrassment, awful use of the funds. And Jesus saying, shush now, I love this is exemplary worship. This will be remembered for all time. Generosity. What's generosity? It's the father in the prodigal son's story who says yes to giving his wayward, foolish child the inheritance decades early, knowing that he's going to run away and waste it like a fool, and yet who waits on the porch every day with a tear in his eye and a beat in his chest, waiting, looking, 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 yearning, searching, waiting. And years and years and years go by and then he sees him and he runs and he gives him love and grace and honour and acceptance and he throws a big party. This is the heart of our God. Generosity is the king of heaven stooping to wash the crusted dust and to put it politely, sewage, off the feet of his disciples, even the feet of Judas. Generosity is the Alpha and Omega getting arrested. And his friends taking up arms to protect him and slashing off the ear of one of the captors. And Jesus, instead of legging it in the chaos to save his neck, rebukes his friend and heals the captor. Generosity is the one who gives breath using his final breaths to look at the people who are stabbing him in his side with a spear and pray, Father, forgive them. He's asking, I want to pay for this sin, Father. Generosity. Generosity is Jesus with tears in his eyes and sweat in his eyes and blood dripping into his eyes and his eyes stinging and he can't wipe his eyes because they're nailed to a cross, and he's in pain, and he's writhing, and he opens his eyes, and he sees, he must have been almost suffocating at this moment, but with what sight he has left, he makes out through the fog a shape that looks like his mum, and looks like his friend, and he says, not, ah, I'm in pain, but, mum, will you look after John, and John, will you look after mum? What sort of universe do we live in that the one at the centre of it is like this? Generosity is then that Jesus' church in Acts, filled with the Spirit, sharing among one another, sharing among themselves so that none went without Generosity is that God scattering the good news throughout the nations, though it by rights should be planted and remain in the soil, the beautiful soil of North Africa and the Middle East. Instead, he dares to spill it out so that random outsiders who should be left out like us get drawn in. Generosity is that right now he's preparing a house, a home with many rooms for the countless multitude from every tribe and nation who will be together in the new creation with him, dining and feasting and rejoicing forever. It's that Jesus Christ, though he was rich, became poor so that we who are poor might become rich. It's him pouring on us every spiritual blessing in Christ and now calling us to go and make disciples and spread the blessing of God to the ends of the earth. I'm not being very careful. I'm trying to cause a scene and stir you up. That is generosity. And these are the waters that we're invited to swim in. God shows us over and over again that the good life, the God life, the godly life, is not about getting, but about giving. God so loved the world that he gave. And now we're called to freely do the same in light of all that we have freely received. Now I want to apply generosity into three grounded, specific things that we can do, and grow in as disciples before we head home. And they are worship, west, and wallets, or purses, or Apple Pay, or whatever form your money comes in. Worship. Do you know that worship is a moment, like all moments, that is not about getting, but about giving, Did you know that worship is not about helping you in your emptiness get filled up? Now, of course, that's an amazing byproduct of worship that God pours His love into our hearts, that we're filled with His Spirit, and we find rest and strength and joy. And as we wait on the Lord, strength will rise. It will rise. But our strength rising isn't what it's about. It's about waiting on the Lord. It's about pouring out to him. Who is worshipped for? Him. Worship is designed to be a moment where we can be generous in what we give to him. And so a good worship time is not one primarily that gives you the Hillsong tingles on the back of your neck. It's where, as Eugene Peterson puts it, we dare to interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and bring adoration and praise to God. It's why it's called worship. You know, Mary of Bethany, she poured out her perfume. She poured out her worship. That was her posture. Do you know what the next story in Matthew's gospel is? I think this is very deliberate. He doesn't miss a beat, Matthew. It's Judas. Because Judas approaches Jesus with a mindset, not of pouring out, but of filling up. What can he get? And Judas ultimately is, I think, where consumeristic worship can take us. To approach him focused on what we can get out of it. Mary is the way. Coming to him on what we can pour out on him to honour him. Worship is a moment to be generous in honour and praise of God. Then I want to talk about West. I don't know how you're feeling about Church Central West, a, a big old crew of them, coming and joining our church community. I reckon you're all feeling one of these three things, hyped, nervous, disinterested. But here's the thing, whether we're hyped about it, which is like, woo, our rotors can be filled up, so I can serve less, or, or our old friends will be here, and it will be like the good old days. Or whether you're nervous and you're thinking, I won't know them. Or we seem to be at least trying our best to stumble in this church towards a renewed clarity about what we're here for and we're to be disciples. And, and now are we going to get slightly sidetracked and distracted? Or maybe you're disinterested and you're saying things like, doesn't bother me, literally have no intention of speaking to them. Like it won't impact me at all. Why do you keep talking about it? But notice that all of those different responses, though very different, are all equally about us and our perspective and how it impacts us. And that's not nothing. That's not nothing. But it sure as anything isn't primary because life is about costly love for God and others. And so what might it look like for us to be generous and free-hearted and open-handed and even bountiful with our brothers and sisters in west perhaps we'll consider with a little drop of empathy what it might be like for a person from west right now to go through a really tumultuous change after a time of a huge amount of tumultuous change for them and to come into a new community that though i don't think we're big and shiny in the bright lights but they might like have caught the lie from social media that we're something like big thing and they might be a bit nervous we might want to think about how they feel about that perhaps we'll dare to go again if our community group again has to slightly slow down again so that we can open up again and invite in just a few others if we're invited to do that and that means that it might be that touch more clunky again for a few weeks again But that's okay because it's for them, isn't it? And it will bless them, won't it? And it will bless God. So it's a great thing. And can I just say I'm so moved and proud of this church for how you have already responded to this news. I was so proud of how many of you came over on Easter Sunday to come and join and embody a sense of we're in this with you, West. West. Thank you. I know many of you were also like, away doing great things with family and serving them, so it's not like uh, you shouldn't have gone away. But if, if you came, I just want to say thank you for coming. I noticed several people who it would be okay, I think, and maybe fair to describe as still new-ish in our community, who were there and were chatting and participating and embodying a desire to welcome Jason Gajani, Stephen, Sarah, and many others. I, I, I saw that, and I was so proud of you. Thank you. I was so proud, though don't get distracted from doing the PowerPoint, of you, Sarah Benham, when I heard on the grapevine that you'd sent a simple text to someone at West to express just a bit of love and care. And I was so proud when I heard, again on the grapevine, I should start speaking to people actually directly rather than grapevines, but I heard on the grapevine that they were disproportionately blessed And that message had impacted them really brilliantly. I think you're brilliant at this. Can we keep being generous to them over the next few weeks and months? Lastly, the prophetic among you and even the unprophetic would probably have guessed that this was going to land in our wallets at some point. And here we go. Because generosity is so much more than what we do with our money. But it is certainly not less than that. And we don't talk about it as much as we could in this church. And actually, I'm going to even confess, we don't talk about it as much as we should. Because Jesus talked about money and its power over a human more than he talked about faith or prayer. And it was never so much about the amount for him. Remember, the exemplary giver except God in the Bible is the two coins lady. So it's never about the amount but it is about all disciples, young or old, rich or poor, being invited into the adventure of living generously with our finances. And at a time where in our nation the cost of living is going up, 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 it is more important than ever that any mention of giving is not heavy handed or rule based but he's rather understanding and gracious and encouraging each of you to search what God is giving you faith to give and what you can give with a full heart and a smile on your face. And I really want you to know, because again, we don't talk about it so much, I want you to know how generous your church and your family of church churches are. I want you to know that the waters of generosity are welling up in this community, even if you didn't realise it. And so here's some examples. I want you to know that right at the start of last financial year, our church was able to siphon off immediately in its budget 30 grand to just give away because of your giving. To other churches, other causes, other projects, and we just say we want to embody generosity too. And so that's just straight away that's going to you. And your giving enables that. In the pandemic, our churches gave 13 and a half grand into a COVID fund that was set up to try and respond quickly and enable us to respond quickly to needs that came up that were raised by the pandemic. And of 13 and a half grand that was given, 10 and a half grand has been redistributed out to needs that were raised by the pandemic, which means there's three grand sitting there that if you can spin your needs to be about COVID, you got some cash coming your way, my friends. All good. Don't tell Kate I said that. Um, before we sent out news of our... Set, Rob, don't tell Kate I said that. Um, before we sent out news of our, uh, the, our links to the central New Frontiers and Catalyst Fund for Ukraine, before we even had kind of got word out about that, and just to say, however many of you have, have, have given to that, we obviously don't know, because that's nothing to do with us. But before we got news out about that, We said, if you want to give, I'm sure there'll be something, let us know. And two grand came in before we'd even known where we were sending it. Two grand comes in from various people. Distribute this out to churches in Ukraine and on the bordering nations. Go for it. Amazing. The Hardship Fund. If you're newer, you won't know about the Hardship Fund. The Hardship Fund we set up a few years back to enable those with more in the church... To give generously so that those in the church with some needs right now could then have money redistributed to them to meet needs. And though it's called a fund and it has admin and there's all the logistics and so it might not feel like it's Acts 2 and Acts 4. It's based on Acts 2 and Acts 4 where those with more can give so that it can be redistributed out as need would come up. And over the years, 22 grand has been given into the hardship fund. And over the years, 16 grand of that has been redistributed back out to those who have needs that come up. Amazing. Thank you. I could talk about the way that your giving goes to our work in the nations, not to kind of oppressive, kind of... Missionary minded people who are going to implant, import the West into other nations in an uncomfortable and, and displeasing way, but culturally intelligent, trained, equipped, humble mission-minded Christians who go to another nation and say what is the spirit of God already doing here who is he working in in dreams and visions and what can I just join with and say yes to not importing my thing in but just agreeing with what God's doing there people like Rich and Judy and Helen and Jess and Andy and Heather but perhaps the thing I want to end by stirring you up on the most is to see again, to be envisioned again for what Church Central South's giving enables in the context of our family of churches in the city. You see, Church Central North in Kingstanding and Church Central East in Highgate are both church communities that are planted deliberately, strategically, and prophetically to reach into areas of our city where on the whole the demographics are. than on the whole the demographics in our church community are and thus though those churches give very generously they don't have as much resource to give as our church does here and so I want you to know that as you stretch out in giving our giving as a bigger and as a whole a wealthier church spills out over and beyond just funding our stuff but is then redistributed to enable and establish Church Central East and Church Central North to do their thing. And so as Church Central North sees 24 guests coming in on Easter Sunday, some friends, some from door knocking on the local estate that the church went out and did before, as Church Central East embodies the love and welcome of Jesus to asylum seekers in the hostel right next to Central House, that is in part enabled by the waters of generosity in this church. And I want to say praise God and thank you. And I guess as we finish, I know that in my own life, those waters can stagnate, go stale. It becomes a bank transfer that I do on my phone, or if I'm completely honest, because I'm yet to dive into the crazy futuristic world of online banking that Ruth does on her phone for me. Um, I can lose the joy of it, and it just becomes an admin task that someone else does for me. And so it can go a little stale. This is an adventure. And I want to ask you, do you want to jump in? I've tried to stir it up. Do you want to come into these waters again? And maybe you want to consider what that looks like. If you've never given before, maybe just start where you're at. Start it off. Start off that adventure. I remember in my church at uni, I'd been a Christian a year, and they'd done this big offering notice every week, and I was like, this is offensive. And uh, eventually, I gave £10 a month. I started that as a declaration of faith. And if I'm honest, it wasn't generous because it was like a cheese grater to the eyeballs. I hated doing it so much. I resented it. But do you know what? God started to just chip away at the crusts. And from there, God is just growing my capacity year on, year on year, to just be that little bit more happy about being free-hearted. And so if you haven't started, jump in. And if you have, maybe you want to just consider with your discipleship group or your friendships or your household, if you live with others, your family, if you have a nuclear family in that sense, what it might look like for you to look at this afresh. And some of you, you're going to look at it afresh and go, we need to give less. And that's okay because you want it to be from a place of faith and cheer and what's in your heart to give. And some of you, you might want to look at it and think, we want to give more. We want to stretch out again. We want to go again. Uh, Last slide. This is where you can do that. Um, There is a website that is creatively churchcentral.org.uk forward slash give. And there at the bottom, it says this. The bank details are on there and there's a gift aid form for UK taxpayers that will take you literally 11 and a half seconds and will multiply your giving massively. Come on, you know that makes sense. So if you're the person who um, sometimes gets emails saying, do you want to fill in this gift aid form and you delete it, just take 11 and a half seconds, fill it in and like cha-ching, result. There, I'm done. What might God do in our community if we desire at this kind of new beginning moment? Another one to be free-hearted, open-handed, bountiful like he is. And I want to say well done for all the ways you do this.